0: What's going on everybody? Welcome back to the Wake and Grind Podcast. It's your boy Johnny Garcia coming back to bring you some of the truth about what's really going on. And so today I wanted to bring you a little bit of information about the Great Reset. For those of you that are listening, this is going to be some incredible information to go ahead and get you ahead of the rest. Not only give you the edge on the uh, financial side of things, but more than anything to prepare you, your family, and hopefully... You can capitalize on this opportunity to make some generational wealth. All right. So if you're listening, I'm happy for you. I'm gonna go ahead and get started. But it's time for us to discuss the Great Reset. All right. First things off, the World Economic the World Economic Forum. I'm sorry. Has br- planned this out since 2016, I believe it was 2015. Things have been going on since. Um, amongst all the dates that I could remember, 2015 seems to be the most correct in my mind, but. Over the last few uh, years they've been planning the next few decades so I want you to think about that for the past few years they have been planning out the next few decades and this goes into uh, looking at the world into a bigger picture than just what is the day-to-day occurrences of what is going on it's not about the presidential elections however that is how they keep the public's mind on a global perspective within a four-year cycle. So we're constantly, constantly looking at the world from a perspective that we rearrange our our perspective of the world every four years according to what we see on the news based upon the uh, the candidates that pursue becoming presidents of the United States. Because most people have national pride and they only want the United States to be a great country and that they uh, could be proud of. All right, so let's be, let's be honest about that and very truthful about the situation here that most people don't go ahead and look deeper into the economics or the global relationships or foreign affairs that are going on worldwide. So therefore we have a very uh, small view of what is going on. But if we take the time to kind of remove ourselves from that perspective and kind of expand our worldview into a global market, and try to understand, okay, globally, what kind of relationships do we have? Where does each country stand? Uh, what is the credit score of each country? What is the GDP to you know, debt ratio of each country? And uh, which country uh, has agreements with which other country? And why did these countries have these agreements? And what laws were set before these agreements were set? And how did these laws that came into play because of the new agreements change the way that we as society perceive the world? Um, and that's one of the things that I often kind of ponder about because um, we are playing a game that we can't see. And it's not about conspiracy theory, it's just about being able to take the time to step back from your perspective of self, uh, of family, of your role in the community, and being able to start seeing how you could bring value to the community. And I think one of the most important things obviously should be the opportunity or the ability to wake people up to the the truth of how this entire game is being played. And I'm nobody, but I do believe that there are certain pieces to this whole game that I am aware of that most individuals are currently not aware of. And I am speaking to those individuals, all right? So if this podcast isn't for you, then I apologize. But we gotta talk about what matters, all right? It's how you and I get paid. Because at the end of the day, Money only arrives in your bank account if you deposit it, digital uh, assets, or if you insert fiat money. All right. So somebody has to say that they are sending a transaction, they approve it, they send it over to you, and digitally it could arrive in your account once your bank has approved that transaction. But the bank is always the one in charge of that transaction. We always know that. now. The big thing here to keep in mind is that as we go ahead and send funds from one to another there is a series of uh, access levels that have to be followed or a protocol that has to be followed wirelessly and this is what technology has allowed us to create most people are asleep to the fact that that for the past few centuries the monetary system has not been a digital monetary system It has been a fiat money system. All right, we've had over 200 I'm sorry over 700 different types of currencies Ever and only 20% of them have survived and this is what we're currently operating on. All right, so you, you want to think about it as if we could go ahead and create a better world perspective of relationships between countries relationships between the the people that fund or that invest in these companies that are operating in each country because you know I don't think people realize that instead of it being a consumer is always right type of market we are actually living in the age where the investor is what matters. All right. So I was once watching this video that spoke about um, who creates jobs. Is it the person with the idea or is it the person that puts money behind the idea? And I got to be honest, I have nobody to say anything else other than my opinion. But in my opinion, I believe it's the investor that funds the idea who is creating jobs. And what is the real impact to society is the opportunity to feed others through their personal capacity or ability or education. And that's a job. You know, Most people do not want to go ahead and come up with a game-changing idea, and then once they have that idea, develop it and see it into the future, and then they don't want to go ahead and look for investors. They don't want to go ahead and look for somebody to help them develop this idea because they want to keep that idea to themselves because you see we are very selfish thinking that we could do anything by ourselves but yet we have the perception that we in our humble self could become something so great with that idea that we hold on to that idea like if it was gold yet we don't understand even what gold is in the market and so that's really what we're talking about because as future generations you know continue to be born it's did we leave a clear blueprint of how the monetary system works thus far up to this certain point so that they can grasp these concepts these simple concepts and run with them and innovate what is called financial technology because if we look at the truth of where money money comes from that's the immigrant me coming out right there uh if we look at where the the money comes from it's a technology that we used in order to be able to represent wealth And so money, it is a way that you can, the way that we see it today, the fiat dollars that we possess in our wallet, because wallet is different than bank account. And I need to make sure that we understand that because your physical wallet, the wallet that's made out of leather, if you're a dude, or maybe if you've got a purse for you ladies, um, you know, the digital cash is different than your physical cash. And we need to understand that because the digital is a representation Of a number on a screen and the physical it's your actual worth and so the digital is actually currently in the hands of a bank not really in your hands and so if you had keys to that money then obviously it would be your money what you have to do every time is access your account because they have the bank has to make sure that it's you you know and so because we're not meeting with tellers in person you're having to constantly go ahead and put in your login or maybe scan your fingerprint like I do Um, and that makes me feel like I have a little bit more control over my money, but at the end of the day, it's not about whether you have more control over the money. The truth is, is that your money? Um, and so we really got to keep that in mind because is that your money should be the question. And if it's not your money, how do you make it your money? Let's talk about that because that's where this is all going. You see, for the last few years, we've been in this whole argument about, the evolution of wealth in the in this in the world, because there is a big argument currently going on that I completely agree with, with the, uh, the rich getting wealthier and the poor staying poor, and it it really comes down to this. I believe that America is not just ran by two parties, but three parties, and the third party is a technocratic party, now right, a technocratic party, that's right, a technology driven party. This means a party that believes that those who are skilled in technologies, those should be the ones running the country. And what I mean by that is simply the idea that those that have the technological skills to improve and regulate, control civilization should, because they are wiser, more intelligent, and more prepared for ruling, um, no longer about class um, or bloodlines. And so there's this big war going on, whether it should be technology or bloodlines. And so if we look in the past, a lot of bloodlines, such as the JP Morgan's and the Rothschild and, you know, the um, wildebergs these guys have been playing a huge part in what is called the private banking sector. And the private banking sector has basically gotten us out of a lot of situations without having to require um, assistance from foreign countries at times, because Certain individuals and legacies have acquired so much wealth that they have became their own banks privately that we could kind of seek out in cases of emergency. Um, You know, the, the U.S. government is different from the Federal Reserve and that should be the first thing that's understood because as we proceed to elaborate on the details of this whole contraption, we need to understand that the technocratic party has major influence in the world, the world, since the 1920s. Because, uh, if I remember correctly, USA and Canada were the first to go ahead and implement these technocratic um, ideals and politics or philosophies, um, which were once again reignited in the world after World War Two, which is why uh, Operation Paperclip, in my opinion, was created or happened in the sense that, you know, German scientists were sent all over the world to continue developing technologies, but united by following the same protocol of, acquiring a world controlled by technology not by bankers all right and uh, let's be honest I think we're getting to that point not only is a world controlled by technology easier to control because it's uniform it's digital and it's rapid it's instant and almost right it's instant uh, everything could be trackable and, and that's why Bitcoin is so big right now because they have created the next future technology that will revolutionize the world and this is called a blockchain technology as many people know, a blockchain technology is one of the most powerful technologies in the world because it allows us to go ahead and create what is called permanent tracking of assets and transactions and individuals' movements through an electronic ledger. Now, if you know what a ledger is, you see how important this is. Now, Bitcoin was the first of its kind. Others have came up, Ethereum and... um, You know these protocols keep developing because at the end of uh the day our peace of mind is all where it's all going to be found where we can guarantee that our money is safe and so our wealth right because money shouldn't be the one the word that we use we should say wealth because we all can create different types of wealth through the experiences that we've accumulated which have developed skills within us that the marketplace could benefit from all right, or individuals that go to the marketplace, because there are two ways to look at it, right? Because the marketplace it's do you have a product or do you have something that you can sell in the marketplace? And then individuals going to the marketplace is do you provide something for the well being of the individuals so that they can keep going to the market, right? Because nobody wants to not be able to go to the market and, and make money or trade goods or, or sell something. But most individuals have gotten used to the idea of not going to the market. They rather go ahead and be given money like charity. And, and it's not that it's wrong because a lot of us lose the ability to create wealth for ourselves due to the programming that we have been exposed through over the past few decades of our lives. And somehow with you know, these experiences, we found it better to be given money than to earn it. And so there's nothing wrong with that. I just think that there should be A time and a point in your life when you say hey look I I think I'm tired of being given stuff and I think I want to earn my own worth and that's such an important moment I call that the moment where you break the cycle all right and if you break the cycle then I think you're able to put yourself in a perspective of not only uh, on the right path but you can be self-sufficient again and self-sufficiency is all that we should aspire for because kings are self-sufficient right they took a little bit of control, they took a little bit of power within themselves, and then they noticed that others would bow down to them, and so they just kept capitalizing on these individuals that weren't really mentally strong to be self-sufficient. They actually relied on others, and so therefore they started bowing down to those individuals. Now, it came to a point where somebody would get their head so inflated because maybe a few people had bowed down to them, that they started to seek out strength and military protection um, so that not only could he be safe in case anybody tried to get him out of power, but so that he could also enforce others continuing to bow down to them. And this is where this whole part of the patriarchy over the matriarchy, because in my opinion, a world ran by women was the case back in the day in ancient times because we've we've read about it in ancient texts. You know women were praised goddesses I mean women are the ultimate being but most individuals want to go ahead and follow what is called a patriarchy which is believing that a male should be running the show and that's the first lens of perception that we got to break right because we got to be able to look at the truth about men and women not necessarily always talk about men and women under the um, perception of sex only because it's not always sexual it's not about sex It's about power and authority because most men believe that men should be running the the show and most women believe that women should be running the show. And this is why there's conflict on, on various different platforms. And if we don't address them all, then we're gonna have a very, very conflicting perspective of what's really going on. Because as women come into power or come into levels of equality, which is totally acceptable in my perspective because I believe women are the source of life. Nobody in this planet who is conscious and can speak came out of the male. So until that changes, that is the law. All right. And that's the law of the universe that I am willing to follow because I am not stupid. I am not a fool. I am simply obsessed with pursuing the truth of what the human body could achieve. And the truth is the human body can achieve anything. And if we follow our biology, We will notice that the human body of a male cannot give birth to a child and with that being said i'll continue to my next point because if we could agree to that we can go back to understanding how a matriarchy matriarchy was possible at a certain point in time and place but then because men are able to enforce power and authority easier than women obviously we were able to overtake the reins of society and get men to agree to this now there have been rumors and i believe that this could be very true because how could men get control over other men well you have to fuck them all right and if you fuck them and you tell somebody about them then they're basically sabotaged it's manipulation it's blackmail because who would want to go ahead and know that a man next to him got fucked by another man well, it's not a bad thing in my eyes that you chose that direction and that's your sexual preference. But let's be honest, in this first foundational origins of our societies, that happened, there was no procreation. If that happened, there was no procreation. There was only going against natural law. So was it correct? I don't think so because men and women have been able to procreate. Therefore, this entire world has been able to repopulate itself. And if you think about it that way, then you understand that the Human genes and DNAs have only been able to spread because Adam and Eve, this whole idea of positive female, were able to procreate and give life to what is the next generation or our legacy. And that's ultimately what matters. What kind of DNA information can you as a male pass off to your offspring so that your offspring can innovate society? Because let's look at the truth about the human body, all right? We get 24 hours to develop ourselves to our maximum potential, to fill our bodies up with minerals and electricity and sunlight and water and nutrients like essential amino acids that will rebuild your body into its maximum potential. Now, if you do that, and you are a healthy human being who is fit because your cardiovascular system can transport oxygen safely and securely through your entire system making sure your blood is not only alkaline but more than anything that all your tissue in your body is oxygenated and at the end of the day you have great physical health so that you're going pass off your dna to the next generation so that they can keep surviving and they can keep innovating and they can keep procreating if this all makes sense then you are in agreement that the human body is only meant for innovation and if innovation is the goal Innovation has led us to what is called the ability to carry cash in our pockets because innovation of wealth has became from what is scarce, what is rare that we could all agree on that has a value. Because if we look at the ancient times, individuals wanted to trade fish because our food, all all of our liquid assets back in the day would come from the rivers right because it was an abundant source of food you have fish you have shrimp you have shellfish i mean algae you have seaweed there's so many things from the sea and this is given to us by the creator we don't have to kill any animals on land however we could in times of scarcity at which point cattle becomes a monetary form or a form of money we have to realize that whatever is scarce becomes money, and whatever a community agrees that is scarce becomes money, or whatever a community or a group of individuals agrees that is of value becomes money. In this case, I want to address a situation that can happen that we all can kind of picture in our minds, just like when individuals go to jail and the currency in jail becomes a pack of cigarettes. You see, A pack of cigarettes can be opened up and it is divisible by whatever number of cigarettes are in there and it is also uniform in the sense that each cigarette is the same length and so therefore if I give you one cigarette you can give me one cigarette back now what is the value of a cigarette not only can it hold worth because if you could exchange it for money you know you can get you can upsell it right let's say that the average price is Three dollars and nobody's selling it, and you got some. You could sell it for like five. You could sell it for like ten, and you know you could really control that market. And we always want to think about that, right? Because it's always about who controls the market. Now, money is is just a way to for us individuals to describe what tool of trade are we using. Not necessarily uh, cash. And, and so, an individual that smokes a cigarette, well, that's where the value is at. You know, in the high, in the high of smoking the cigarette because of what it's made out of all right now individuals can't just make up cigarettes out of nowhere out of thin air they could smoke other things however a cigarette is sought after because of the chemicals and the tobacco and how efficient it is and how it's so easy and tangible it's lightweight um it's portable and I need you to understand this because if you could agree with what money is, then you can see why it's so important for individuals to get out of the idea that cash is king. Cash is not king. Cash is just the way that we communicate. But you never did your history on cash, did you? Because our cash is no longer backed by gold. It's no longer backed by petroleum. It's no longer backed by debt. It's just backed by the word of America because in God we trust. Now religion is great. But I can't believe in religion right now when the entire monetary system is trying to tell me that my livelihood is going to be shaken up because I'm trusting in somebody else and my hands out of control. My life is out of my hands. I'm good, man. I don't want to pray for it. I want to wake up and grind for it. You know what I'm saying? So look, man, all I'm trying to say here is this, that if you do your research and you pay attention to what's really going on, maybe you can put yourself ahead of the game and catch it before it's too late because you don't want to be reacting to the game. You want to be participating in the game. You want to be one of those investors that goes ahead and takes what's his in this great financial reset because that's how this conversation started. If you remember, we wanted to make sure that you understood the foundational aspects and, you know, main points of awareness when it comes down to the great financial reset that is being underway right now that started because of the World Economic Forum in 1971 all right this organization created by Klaus schwab was an organization created to change the entire world economic policy all right it's a forum where individuals from all over the world were able to meet congregate and discuss ideas for the future of the world commerce under a technocratic structure all right money rules the world and so in order for the money to keep changing hands so that we can keep doing commerce and trade and keep the markets alive because that's what humans do right we keep the markets going we we have needs we have to go ahead and satisfy those needs and the markets are created so that there could be products where we can go ahead and access the needs that we want and those individuals that have the wealth to enter the markets or at least be able to enter the market and negotiate a deal and, and basically get the products that they're looking for then they can access those goods So here's where the problem lies, all right? If America was to do trade with China, which is what we all keep hearing about, the China-America deal, most people don't look into the uh, intricacies of it. So I want to just go ahead and kind of just throw something out there. If I wanted to buy a product in China, yes, they'll accept US dollars, but you'll notice that the price of the US dollar is constantly changing value. This means that if you had a dollar you know maybe a hundred years ago it's now worth a lot less Uh, seriously a lot less it's, it's losing about what two to three percent each year Um, so just do the math on that in 50 years a hundred dollar bill is no longer worth a hundred dollars do the math so the amount that things that you could buy with a hundred dollar bill has gone down like right? not because the dollar bill doesn't look good it's just the hundred dollar bill doesn't represent that much value anymore and the moment where it lost its value was in 1971 when Nixon took the world uh, off of I mean that the US dollar off of the gold reserve all right it wasn't a, a currency supported by gold which means that if there was one ton of gold in the vaults then this equivalent of one ton in cash out in circulation and that could only be the allowed number of bills in circulation but when we went to a credit debit system we started being able to create money out of thin air just because we had spreadsheets that could add more more zeros and more ones and and so therefore we ended up creating this fractional system of monetary policy which has not really led us to the best point in our history which is why right now more than ever we have been able to take our GDP to debt ratio substantially higher than it was, and it has been said that it's 77%. When a country reaches 77% debt to GDP ratio, a country is known to collapse. This is what happened to Venezuela, this is what happened to Zimbabwe, this has happened to a lot of countries. Um, Because the world was ran on a monetary policy that is basically ran by bankers, and there are a lot of approvals and codes and individuals that are invested with the bankers that have to approve transactions, money moves really slow through what is called the SWIFT protocol method. All right. And let's address the SWIFT protocol method because this is another way of saying how money goes from one bank to the other, how transactions are verified. This is called the SWIFT method. And so every individual that has a banking account can use the SWIFT protocol to transact money. However, it just takes time. That is the current problem in society, right? the speed of transactions and the speed of money going from one location to the other, even though that we see eye to eye on what gold is worth in the sense of worldwide global value, we don't see eye to eye in the sense that one country's currency is worth less than another country's currency. This is why there's constant debates and trade. So when a country wants to do trade with another country there might be increases or decreases or taxes and all these things that being applied but it's all based upon that idea the idea that as we go on to understand that the monetary policy is different than what the value of each currency is then we get to realize like yo there has to be a way to unite all these different currencies under an agreement that all these currencies if they were to buy into this type of product, all these currencies would be regulated. And so there's never been something like that, nor has there ever been a ledger technology that can track all technological transactions instantly so that speed of transactions worldwide can be documented because that is the main hurdle, right? We have a global market that is happening because of technological advances. And those individuals that do not understand how technology plays such a big part of this monetary system, don't understand what's coming and all I could do right now is try to help you so I'll move on moving forward if you understand how the entire swift protocol works and you understand the problem that I was just discussing then you see the big point or the cross the meeting point where we're at right now because there's a problem and there's a technology that can possibly solve this thing and there has to be a transition from the old way to the new way and so they call it they call it you know this this whole little pandemic, whatever it is, because I was going to say the C word, but I'm not going to, because you know how people feel about that C word. So for the most part, I'm going to go ahead and just call it the pandemic. All right, so with this pandemic, it's given the entire world the opportunity to force the entire world to go on onto a technology medium, such as a laptop, Zoom, a phone, Apple, Android, whatever it is, a technology, which is an operated uh, product managed by a technology company, a technocratic company, with a focus on achieving a technocratic goal of management through technology because that's all there is. right? If you want total control, you must think on a technocratic perspective. Now, I'm not the first to call them out, and it's not that it's a bad thing in my eyes because I think technology is positive. Money is a technology, language is a technology time is a technology but most individuals are not taking the time to research most aspects of what human history has been therefore they are currently slaves to whatever monetary policies in in order so my best advice to my friends to my family to anybody who's listening is to study a little bit more about the monetary policies that have been underway um thus far and the the financial structure that was being uh used previous to this transition because if you don't understand what is going on you will be left behind and so in order to advise us about this big coming transition or the reset jim Rickards wrote a book all right the road to ruin and so this book was written back in 2016 and so he was telling us about the big freeze that was coming All right, now Jim Rickards was a threat advisor to the White House and to the Pentagon and the CIA. And so he goes on to say that there is a project or a situation that's called the ICE 9, all right, that will be a big coming freeze. What does this mean? He's also saying that the elites or elites are going to be able to implement this plan called ICE 9. All right, ICE 9 will let them seize and freeze every major bank. And brokerage firm, brokerage firm, all right? Every brokerage firm, this could include BlackRock, you know? And most individuals don't know, but BlackRock controls so much of the world's wealth, all right? BlackRock controls almost uh, more than Japan Japan and Russia together. Um, And then there's one more country, if I'm not mistaken. But... You know, we're really all at the mercy of our education on who is really putting their money to work to share their ideas and to transform corporations that can innovate ideas. Because if you are somebody who wants to change the world, you are supposed to have an idea, sell that idea to somebody, fund it, make millions with it so that you can take the profits and keep funding your own personal ideas to develop. Now. Those who are aware that technology is an incredible medium of communicating and also controlling are very aware that that is the best option away from a democratic government. The problem with a democratic government is that it's left up to the politicians and the people don't really have a voice. That's where the problem is, right? Because we're not being heard. Uh, this is why we have to go ahead and riot all the way up to the fucking Capitol Hill. So... We have to look at the truth, and the truth of the matter is we want a more uniform, fair, trusting system. So this is what technocratic agents have been pursuing their entire life. They want to make sure that we could participate in a technocratic election, which means that it'll be driven by those skilled elite who are able to develop mediums of technology that are able to provide us with those mediums of trusting, secure voting, and that's important. Because if you understand where this is going then you understand that by being to provide us with a fair system of uh voting in a sense they're letting us choose who we want to run the forefront while they giving us the mediums of communication really run everything all right so remember technology made so much profit that these leaders of technology companies have become now investors of companies that are leading the way in innovating how we use technology how we perceive it and we are having fights in government legal fights in government that are trying to go ahead and get regular these technologies have to fight to be regulated because it's not a physical fight it's a legal fight we fight with our pens in America there is a fight with words And it's all about your understanding of the power of words and the difference of language and the understanding, meaning the foundational awareness of how America was constructed. Because if you understand that the legal language is different than the English language, then maybe you can pursue your actions with more demeanor and more emphasis on your ambitions. Because there is an entire system that built a foundation which then built these governments. And so we want to go ahead and take a perspective of the world beyond governments and try to understand, well, who created these governments and how were these governments funded? Because if you don't understand how these governments were funded, then you are being misled by the government because then you don't understand the real actions of the government because you don't understand the real agenda. All right. There have been over 750 currencies since the 1700s, and only about 20% of those currencies have survived. So I'm telling you, you've got to think about, is our U.S. dollar going to be the standard? Because if it's not the standard, then you've got to start thinking about the future of money. And I can tell you this right now, when we start looking at what some of the major articles are saying, the introduction of central bank digital coins will be one of the transformations that defines the history of money. All right. This is basically how understanding that technology that's underlying the monetary system is being implemented and new monetary policies are being set over the coming decade that will determine whether sovereign backed digital assets open the door to enhance global trade and financial inclusion or maintain the siloed or inefficient, inadequate, and equitable status quo. What this is saying is that we are transitioning wealth into a new perspective of wealth. And if you don't read, if you don't research, and if you don't invest, then you will be left behind because the US dollar is constantly losing its value. I need you to put your money in a place where it's going to grow because you have no choice, because you don't want to be left behind asking for handouts. You see there are a few companies that are running the world and one of them is digital currency group all right they are the creators or investors really of coindesk grayscale genesis foundry and luno all right these are major players in the game right now major players in the game and so i need you to start thinking on a worldwide perspective how could you protect yourself and your loved ones because if you're not ready this pandemic It's representing a rare but narrow window of opportunity for us to reflect, reimagine, and reset our world. That's really what this is doing. And these were the words of Klaus Schwab, all right? The pandemic represents a rare but narrow window of opportunity to reflect, reimagine, and reset our world. I don't think we're ready, but the UN is ready. The United Nations have been planning this new agenda it's called the 2030 agenda for years and in order to facilitate global trade worldwide a new central bank had to be created a central bank that would get everybody out of trouble and let's discuss the basics how can you create a central bank out of thin air well it starts with the ability of being able to create what is called an entity or a corporation that can create a product that the world can agree is a value all right let's use an iphone if we were to have absolutely nothing left in the world but iphones and androids and the world government said that there was um uh, and by world government i mean the federal reserve i think we all understand that um if they were to say that the only money that they would accept is iphones well all of us with androids would be fucked, right We would lose the value of our phones and we would have to be able to somehow put together the funds or the wealth to acquire an iPhone in order to have wealth. That's exactly what this is all about. Any product can be deemed of value in agreement of the world seeing it under the same perspective. If we can say that a BMW is the most valuable asset in the world, those individuals with a BMW are now the big lottery winners and they can now spend their wealth as they please if they find a buyer. All right. What's a buyer? Somebody that is willing to go ahead and give you something for that. Well, if I have to trade a BMW for a case of water, things are going to get really complicated, right? Because then basically you're telling me I could have traded my BMW for a house or for a bottle of water. I mean, do I got to trade you three BMWs to get a house? How does this work? And so there had to be something that was divisible, a digital asset that could be divisible, scalable, trackable on an electronic ledger that could transact hundreds of transactions at incredible rates, all right? And this is an innovation to enti- to the entire human race because if this was possible, then not only would the entire world have to agree to it, but we would have to put our current scarce resource behind it to say, hey, look, we agree. We're only going to create X amount because there's only X amount of gold left. And if there's only X amount of gold left, then there should only be X amount of whatever digital asset is created so that that way we can keep control that whatever is created today will never be able to go ahead and be able to create more out of thin air. We just have to make sure that we are better managers of our wealth for the next few hundred years, and we can anticipate the next few decades, centuries, and therefore be a better prepared society. Now, this is thinking at a global perspective. Once again, the macro, not the micro. And I think a lot of people don't don't want to look at the macro, because if we look at the macro, we come to realize that there's, there's countries in Africa, which is why they're going to become the next superpowers, and Southeast Asia that have incredible amounts of gold. So imagine these countries that we have perceived as poor based upon the old monetary system, now having these resources of gold finally being worth their actual value to the entire world, not just to them, but to the world. Because if we put, let's say, 1 million tons of gold to create 100 billion of whatever digital assets then those 100 billion of whatever digital assets could be stored in a place by somebody that could be trustworthy so that they could manage that amount of wealth and pass it on to the entire nations or the world where individuals can slowly trade their world economic worth or fiat or their wealth at whatever currency, you know? Because this 100 billion of whatever digital asset anybody from any part of the world should be able to buy it for cheap so that they can have digital wealth that can be utilized for worldwide commerce right that would be the ideal thing here and most individuals can't imagine something like this happening because it is such an innovative revolutionary and ludicrous idea that It would take years to implement, which is why we've heard of the New World Order for decades. All right. We've heard about it. It's been going on. It's happening. And it's time for you to pay more attention. Okay. I'm not saying that the Illuminati are trying to go ahead and put a chip in you, but I am trying to say that they are all the entire world is changing the way that we do commerce and the way that we interact with each other because nobody trusts each other anymore that's the truth of the matter here guys if you don't trust your neighbor you are in for a tough life because if your neighbor looks like they're out of shape they look like they might have the covid is you know the the c word you know if they might have that pandemic thing then you won't trust them because either their lifestyle resembles something that you wouldn't agree with because you don't trust the way that they look because they look like they might be sick or they look like they might get sick, or they look like they hang out with people who get sick. So therefore, you don't trust them. Well, I want to remind you guys, our society used to run on trust, and your word was gold. Not in God we trust. But at a certain point, we lost that perception because we started praying for things that we didn't stick our word to. Say, if you give somebody your promise, then you fulfill that promise one way or another. All right, before you die, you got to fulfill that promise. You don't break promises without fulfilling them. And that's what this is all about. At a certain point, banks stop being able to give people gold for their federal note reserves that they had gotten. So when this moment happens in our current day in life, then we will suffer. All right, we will suffer. So be careful with your money in your bank make sure to invest make sure to do your research and always remember i am not a financial advisor i am just the homie that's trying to look out for your well-being because i am worried about the direction of the world and i think that if you listen to this podcast today you might have learned a little something but i got so much more fire for you tomorrow i thank you for listening i hope this brings value to your life and if it does share it with somebody who needs to wake up and take off the lenses of society that they're currently wearing and start putting on the proper perspective of life, which is how to become self-sufficient, how to break the cycle, how to be about your life and how to wake up and grind for your dreams every single day, taking advantage of the 24 hours you've got. I thank you for listening. Once again, share the Wake and Grind podcast with anybody you know. I'm going to catch you at the next one. Thank you.